as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 447. Uh, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. So not a whole lot of uh, news has come out this week, and but <laughs> what has come out has been pretty... Uh, substantial i suppose you would say that's not really the the focus of what the episode is going to be about and before i get into that though uh i do want to say if you enjoy the show if you want to support us do us a favor please go and uh rate the show uh, positively on itunes or on our facebook page uh give us a, a good written review if you if you would let the world know what you think because that's uh that's how we get out there guys true give us some shares let people know. Anyway, so it's, it's funny because you and I were talking about this. Uh, pro- well, I mean, two, well, four or five days ago, something like that. I don't know. And um, sounds right. And what's funny is that we've talked about this on the show before, and then like it seems to be coming up though. Uh, I uh, I saw that Ray of uh, the Flight Cast um, on Fans Without Borders. He's talked about this. He wrote a fantastic article about it. Um, and I have, I have it on some authority though. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet that, uh, the squad cast is talking about this to some degree this week. Um, and we were just, we were talking about doing this episode and I just kind of turned around and went, Oh, well, oh, everyone's doing this episode. Well, all right. <laughs> Time to hop on board. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start out by saying this, uh, the fandom is broken guys. <laughs> it really That's, is. Yeah. Frighteningly so. Um, and I think there are a lot of different reasons for this. And uh, some of this is just stuff I've said before that I haven't heard anyone else say. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's important to note, like, yes, the the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score isn't great. The last time I checked it, I th- on, on Justice League. And I think the last time I checked it, the audience score was, like, 82%. And I can check that here in a second. But... Yeah, I'll check it. Keep going. Um... There's still a pretty big divide between like the critics and the fans on Justice League, or the audience on Justice League, because a lot of people, like mainstreamers and stuff, uh, they don't know anything about any of this. They don't. They're not gonna get on there and say like, "Oh, this didn't match up with this." Um, and right, right now, okay, forty-one uh, percent critics, eighty-one percent mm-hmm. uh, non-critics. Yeah. And Justice League is not doing well at the box office. It's doing m- marginal. Like it's going to turn a small bit, of, a bit of profit, uh, a bit what <laughs> amount of profit? But right. What more than anything though, I've seen I've seen the fans just destroying each other on on social media. And I've said this before though, it, the, a lot of these internet critics, uh, you know, we've had a uh, an an onslaught of of internet reviewers in their early twenties. You know, uh, which basically means they grew up with Marvel. They, <laughs> their, their first superhero was probably Iron Man. Yeah, and, there's going to uh, be a lot of the young base that don't have. Uh, this is the con. This is the only context 
through which they see yeah. all this. And they see anything WB and DC, they'd see anything like that uh, that's not like a standalone Batman movie. They see it as, as them ripping off Marvel. They're a threat to Marvel. To some extent. Uh, now, the older critics, though, they're old enough to have other versions of the DC characters in their head that they cherish. They have Christopher Reeve, they have Michael Keaton, they have George Reeves, they have Adam West. Uh, a lot of them are into the Batman animated series like we are, Christopher Nolan, uh, whomever. It, it doesn't matter. Like There's a whole group of people who think Christopher Nolan is the only one who should do anything with the DC universe. Um, yeah. Or that Batman should just be completely separate. Like There was actually someone... Uh, I saw today. It was like the problem with Justice League is that uh, this was on Twitter. They were saying the problem with Justice League is that these characters don't belong together in this in the same universe. (laughs) (laughs) What? I Um, I swear I heard someone uh, four or five days ago argue that Justice League was okay, but they thought it would have been really good if it had been Keaton as Batman. Uh huh. This is what we're up against, and uh, I feel like. We should maybe point out that over the course of talking about this, we're going to make some broad generalizations uh-huh. that are meant to paint a whole picture. It won't. It may not necessarily describe everything you believe, but it may describe some of the things you believe. Right. It may not 100% describe everything you're thinking, but we're trying to paint kind of yeah. a, an overall. Uh, right now, there's not. There's there is no unified front, which is funny when you look at the overall theme of Justice League being about unity. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like there is a chaotic mish, mishmash of perspectives out there, um, and it seems like most people who are super vocal about their opinions uh, on on social media don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like there, <laughs> there are people who are like, "Oh, Keaton should take it back. It's the same universe anyway." Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's not the same universe. It's not that Batman and Batman Returns didn't happen in this universe. Uh, it's all sorts, of, all sort of stuff like that. Yeah. And um. I mean, but you can find stuff as crazy as like, well, this movie would have been funnier if Spider-Man was in it. Yeah. Or, you know, like, oh man, they're making the Flash funny. That's They're basically trying to make him Spider-Man. Well, I'm sorry that Spider-Man was in Civil War before Flash could be funny in the Justice League, but Flash was funny in the Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. He was funny in the Grant Morrison run, whether it be Wally West or Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always kind of been a little more lighthearted and comical than the other heroes. Mm-hmm. Um but and you know that varies throughout the, diff- the throughout the multiverse. But you know DC Facebook groups. I'm a member of a ton of them, and they are filled to the brim with flame wars about which Batman is better. Like every day, each of these groups probably has at least one little meme that has all the Batman on it, and they're like, "Which one is better?" And like just just reams of comments, people like cussing each other out and treating each other like shit. Yeah, uh, they're just stuck in a perpetual loop of this bullshit. And, and it, then the more intelligent has, fans. This has, by the way, gotten way beyond the... Uh, there is some benefit to being controversial enough that you keep the conversation going. And this is way past uh-huh. that. This yeah, is starting no, this to... this is ridiculous. It's, it's starting to affect... It's starting to really affect things negatively. And I mean objectively and, negatively. I don't mean, hey, I like this movie and this part of it. I don't mean anything you can subjectively say. I mean, the sales aren't there. Yeah. Like, and it's starting to pull the, back. The more intelligent fans, though... Um, the ones who can actually string together sentences. <laughs> Again, broad generalizations. Um, yes, broad generalizations. But, you know, when you're like the, the people I was just talking about, the chaotic mishmash, these are people that, you know, just they're not putting together full sentences on Facebook. They're calling each other terrible names. 
But then there are the, the more intelligent people, and they're, of course, broad, uh, uh, you know, a great variety. But these are the people who are fighting over the philosophical merits of, like, Nolan versus Snyder and Snyder versus Whedon, and they're angry at Whedon because Whedon imposed his will, and that's not a thing. And DC versus Marvel, and... Guys, James Gunn said that Marvel... We talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh James Gunn said that Marvel and DC fans have more in common with each other than they do with anyone else on the planet. Uh But DC fans can't even get their own crap together. We're too busy fighting over whether it's Ben Affleck or or Bale and Keaton and Affleck. Dude, I'm just sitting here going, they're all fine actors. Most of them had little, if any, control over their script and the direction their film went in. Uh Like... People are screaming that George Clooney screwed up the Batman franchise. No, he didn't. He played Batman in one bad movie. And yes, that movie killed things. And no, it wasn't even Schumacher's fault. It was the studio's fault. Yeah. Just like it's the studio's fault with what's happened with Justice League. (sighs) That's about it. I mean, even Clooney kind of laughs uh, a little morosely about the idea that he almost killed Batman. (laughs) He's not proud of it. And it's not a choice he made deliberately. And he clearly had the range to have gone in there and done a better job. It's just no. sometimes eggs get laid. Yeah. I think all of, that, all of this to say that like all of the fans, again, broad generalizations, all, but all the fans seem like they have a very concrete idea of what these characters are or who they should be. And most of them are inaccurate. Like, I've seen a lot of people who are like, will swear they are Batman the Animated Series fans, but then tell then say, like, Batman didn't ever make no jokes. He most certainly did. Yeah. They were few and far between, and that's why they pulled as much as they did. But And they were very dry. They were very dry. Much like, much like Affleck's humor in Justice League. Guys, come on. There are many, like, I feel like everyone should understand and recognize that there are several, at this point, there are several different versions of all of these characters. And, you know, it's not some great slight against the character in essence when a, someone makes a joke. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't watch them, but 2.8 million people tuned in to see a crossover where the whole point was it was a crossover of universes. Yeah. And no one was confused about different versions of a character because for over there, everyone gets it. It's fine. You may, you may not like it, but you're like, yeah, I just don't like that version. And you move on. Um, but that's the problem with the mainstream. Like the mainstream audiences aren't going to watch the CW shows necessarily, but they will go see a movie, and they don't understand that this isn't like James Bond. This isn't a continuation of of canon from 1989. There's a lot of people that get lost in that. I mean, I overall, I think the people who go to see it have uh, aren't getting lost in that. Uh-huh. There is a percentage of people that just kind of look at it and you know wonder what happened to Christian Bale and. Assume yeah. that Heath Ledger's out there somewhere. Like, yeah, that's yeah. there's a people out there like that. But for the most part, I it's just a a lot of us went to these films with some predetermined idea of what we wanted to see. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but it it's not working. Yeah, and you know, um, it hasn't happened to Marvel yet. It's starting to slowly happen to Marvel because there's enough out there of people going, "Well, Phase Three isn't as good as Phase One." They've lost sight of what they were originally doing and the thing, but it, it'll get to the point where <laughs> Marvel has rebooted and people are going, what the hell is happening? Yeah. This, this isn't Robert Downey Jr. This that guy, you know, and then this, which one, which Rob, which, which Tony Stark was better. Well, I have this, I have and, a theory though about why it affects DC and Marvel differently. And it, it has to do with like, well, Marvel has never had all of these, 
this is their first film universe, really. I mean, if you, unless you count those made-for-TV movies with Bill Bixby. Yeah, and um, and we shouldn't. God no knows, should. we, none of us want that. <laughs> <laughs> like, part of it, I think, is um, the three logos: the bat, the two W's, and the uh, the super crest uh, are three of the most recognizable symbols internationally. And that was the case twenty uh-huh. years ago. That was the case forty years ago, sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. They have always been cream of the crop. Like, there's a yep. lot of people over in Marvel that can get there at times, and there, you know, plenty of characters like. It, but you know somebody like Wolverine can get up to that level, but when they formed the Avengers on screen, when they did the movies, they took a bunch of B characters uh-huh. that no one was really that involved in, invested in. Yeah, you can do kind of whatever you want with that. Like you mm-hmm. can take an Iron Man that whose book has been canceled on several occasions, who's just been kind of a middling character for decades at a time. Yeah, and say like, no, we can do something with this guy, and knock it out of the park because you get you know. Charming ass RDJ up there to just, you know, swath his way through it. And it's yeah. fine. But when you cast somebody like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the amount of scrutiny you get from people who have invested a, just a lot more emotionally in the character than Iron Man is. Yeah. Or Thor. Or Black Widow. Or for God's sake, Hawkman. I, mm-hmm. Or Hawkeye, sorry. Or Hawkman, while I'm at it. Um, <laughs> but they just... It, they took a bunch of people that people weren't invested in and got them invested and it worked and they happened to have a good formula for where they wanted the tone and they've been able to keep a tone kind of where it's supposed to be. Like that was the combination of circumstances that worked for them. On the yeah. other hand, we took, I, I, I think where it started to go wrong was you took a bunch of characters that the moment you cast them, you were already going to piss somebody off. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you had just taken, if you had taken a computer and every image of Superman over the entire time he's been drawn or put on screen and had the computer to, just like condense this down to the average face and then literally scour the globe until you found that person. You still would have pissed off someone that said, well, this is just what we've always seen. You should have done something different. Like there is no right answer, but especially with those three, there are a lot of wrong answers. So you start with something where you've already alienated a huge portion just by casting somebody. And then you put them in a storyline where no matter what you do, somebody's going to say, well, why didn't you use this story? Because we all know them so intimately. We all care. Yeah. And then you did that, and then you took Snyder, who was ambitious, to say the least. Love him or hate him, he was ambitious. Yeah, I'm and not arguing for the quality of any of this right now. No, I'm just arguing for, like, this is how this is structurally what happened to me, or what it looks like to yeah. me. So you took the combination of those circumstances, and then added Snyder's vision, which was taking some chances anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of his problems was, like, he's releasing these movies over a few years, and I think he wanted to get to a place that was that kind of started with an exploration of a dark side of these characters and kind of got to something more like, you know, a little more like Marvel with a little bit of levity and or maybe just more like the cartoons even, the, the animated mm-hmm. series, with, again, a lot of, lot of dark stuff, a lot of dramatic stuff, but some levity in there. Um, I think he wanted to get back there, but I think the mistake he made was that the average viewer was going to sit there and invest with him, the average viewer didn't didn't want to care. Just didn't care that much. Yeah. Just saw it and went, well, I don't care what your plan is. I just watched this for two hours and I'm not leaving here happy. So there was no faith yeah. whatsoever. Like I just no. it just whittled away. Every little decision where they took a chance whittled away until we get to the point where we're all in these little tiny camps and it doesn't seem like anyone can have a nat like a rational discourse anymore. Yeah. I mean if you look at if you look at what DC had, what WB had to do, either they were going to mimic Marvel, and people say, well, they should have mimicked Marvel. Well, they did. It was called Green Lantern, starring Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. It did very poorly. It did very poorly. <laughs> but it didn't have 
I mean, yes, the editing was terrible. I will give it that. And Hector Hammond was a terrible villain. <laughs> but you know what? So was Ironmonger. Yeah. Um, and in both of those cases, like, seriously, they really did. They tried to emulate Marvel. They even had the post-credit sequence. They had, like, the thing where Iron Man in the first movie was really, like, the the real supervillain of that movie was Iron Man. It was really him getting over his own bullshit. Yeah. Same thing with uh, uh, Hal Jordan in Green Lantern. He was getting over his own fear. Of course, for some reason, that meant that we had to keep getting weird edits of his father dying in that explosion over and over again. I feel like I've watched but... it 75 <laughs> times in my lifetime. <laughs> don't exaggerate it was only 35 yeah um but yeah uh so yeah I, I think that i think that was a big problem like no matter what they did they were going to get crap like either they're trying they're copying marvel and they're emulating them which they're still getting people are still saying that crap or they go a different route they try to go like you know an artsier route and let me tell you i'm sorry i'm sorry i like this Zack snyder films but there's a reason that art house films do not reach a general audience. There are reasons that they play in back alley theaters and get released on home video early. Yeah. They are not meant for the mainstream audience. Mainstream audience members, they don't want to think about life. They want to get out well, of they work. Do. They do. It's just not like that. They want to they want to get out of work. They want to go watch a superhero movie with their kids and eat some popcorn and have a good time and think that was awesome. Yeah. Like, and that was funny. And it made me forget about my crap life for just a minute. Like, few people's version of going home and kicking their legs up involves, I'm going to kick back and I'm going to watch uh, maybe Sideways. That'll help me relax. Yeah. But, you know, and a lot of a lot of detractors, a lot of comic book people will say that the Marvel films have no depth. I would argue that they do have depth. It's just a little more subtle. They're not beating you over the head with it every five seconds, except for Civil War, which did that constantly. <laughs> That was <laughs> that one was a little thick, yeah. Um, you know, and I do agree that some of the Marvel movies recently have gotten a little too jokey at times. There have been a couple of places in those movies where I did not need a joke because, damn it, they really undercut a good dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm a comedy nerd, man. I I like a good joke. I like comedy in my movies. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I don't. You know, I don't need. Remember when we were all so worried that the DC movies were like that, that what they said, that there's no, going to be no jokes in the DC movies, that we were all so worried that that was true? Because that that was that, that had merit. Yeah. Everyone was really scared. Yeah. And now everyone's really angry that they had some jokes in a DC movie. It's impossible to, impossible to please the fans. It just is. Yeah. I really don't know what the solution is either. I don't either. Like, I think the solution is largely going to be this. Stop spending $300 million making a movie. Whatever the creative Deadpool decision, tactic. whatever creative direction WB goes in, and there are some rumors floating around out there, they're not substantiated. Who knows where they came from? But if it winds up being true, I'll be happy as hell. There's a rumor out there right now saying that WB is in further and in, in future endeavors and future DCEU uh, films is going to take a step back. They're not going to deal with it. They're going to basically let DC Films, with Jeff Johns and Diane Nelson, uh, steer the steer the ship. I really hope that's the case. It would. And uh, should we name the the main villain as far as we see it? Kevin Sujihara? Yeah. Toby I- Emmerich? Yeah. Those, those two bastards. It, um, every decision that has had... Not every decision that's been critically... Uh, 
uh, accepted with, with a lot of criticism. Uh, not every decision that hasn't gone over has been attributable to them, but the largest and most egregious yeah. have come from the desk of, like, cutting all the run times in a way that, like, you could... And don't get me wrong, man. If you cut a run time, if you put a, if you tell me before you ever start filming, hey, this movie can't be more than two hours, that's one thing. Yeah. Telling, telling somebody three weeks before and four weeks before, which is, yeah, like, that's what we're looking at here. Tell them, like, oh, man, I really love this final cut, except uh, 30 minutes less of it, please. Right. I think... Untenable. I think... Basically, I think the fans need to come together and stop. Well, look, before we get into to what <laughs> what these people did, let me just because that did come out this week. Some 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 very interesting uh, accusations came out this week. Um, some insider information, so they say. Mm. But I think we as fans have to stop. Like we've we've even gotten you know we've got feedback from listeners, and you know I'm not going to call names out because it's not fair. A lot of people feel a lot of different ways about Justice League and about these movies, mm-hmm. and but we've got we've had a few listeners who came to us furious. Uh, you know, some of them suggesting that we had just started uh, to tow the comp- the WB company line. Continue listening to this episode. I'm pretty sure you'll think that that's not true anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we never were those people, but we were never, you know, a lot of people were saying stuff about like, oh, you guys used to be stalwart Snyder supporters. Also not true. Uh-huh. We we have our issues with this guy. We've always said we have our issues with this guy. Um, certain people were, were, were saying, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, they, they completely screwed up our characters talking about how the Justice League screwed up the characters from Man of Steel and BBS. And I'm thinking that's how I felt the whole time. But that's the problem with the fandom. Like everyone has this different idea and, you know, Jason and I are the, are the example here in a lot of ways because, and not just us, you know, you got Scott and Tim over on the squad cast, you know, they have, they did a similar thing. They read the comics. They know the Batman animated series. They know Batman doesn't kill, but you know what? We all kind of took a step back and said, in some iterations he does in the comics, Mm -hmm. not most, but in some, and we're going to let Zack Snyder tell his story. Right. Um, for that's not what? that's not a cause for despair. That's not a cause for for us to attack each other and tear each other apart. That's, like Twitter has become a wasteland of hatred. I don't even want to be on Twitter right now because of these of people from all sides <laughs> arguing this like Depending vitriolically on where you arguing look, this. Twitter is generally a wasteland of despair and hate, but right now <laughs> it's very centric to our feeds. Well, yeah, right now it is. Like I, I stay away from those. <laughs> I didn't want fandom to become this. Like I didn't want I never wanted enjoying comic book movies to become a bad thing. Like it is su- like I love the hell out of the Infinity War trailer. I did. I just I've watched it like 5 times now. And all these DC people are, are like, "Oh, if you didn't like Henry Cavill's face, you shouldn't like Thanos." Dude, no. Uh, and you and I were talking was about objectively this. bad. Yeah. We all know the that. Face was bad. The face was bad, and we'll get to why in a minute, but you know what else was bad? Thor in Ragnarok. Thor in Incredible Hulk. Thor in the Avengers. <laughs> he doesn't look great. He looks like CGI. Uh, He looked better recently, but we'll get to that too. He does look better recently. But I'm just saying, like, you know, when there's, there's a lot of, like, when it's, like, critically, you know, hailed as a wonderful masterpiece or some crap, everyone ignores the bad CGI. CGI is bad. It just is most of the time. Uh, but then again, but like I said in our Justice League review and have said many times before and since, 
I'm an old school Star Trek fan. You could put that piece of crap in a piece of aluminum foil. I wouldn't notice. I, I would notice, but you know, <laughs> I wouldn't care. I, I want a good story. Yeah. And I want fun. And, but no matter what I want, it shouldn't make you hate me. <laughs> I don't hate you for being whatever you are. The, um, yeah, something that seems we've all been guilty of is just that, uh... Yeah, we all have been guilty of it at some point or another. It's, but it's I'm sick rough. of it. It's been rough. And you know what? And, like, the, the... I got I got news for these Snyder, these Snyder cut people. Not happening. Which I count myself in, I count myself in a partial capacity, because I do want to see that Snyder cut. Oh, if academically, it exists. I would absolutely watch it, but I don't need but it you in know my what? heart, you know? I, you know, I... I did not feel good enough about Justice League that it is like the current version that is in quote in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, like I don't feel passionate enough about a, Zyder, uh, a Zack Snyder cut that I need it. I do want to see it. That's why I'm sort of on the fence about all of that. But I'll tell you this much, Snyder cut people. If Justice League doesn't get like I know you guys are all out telling people not to to see Justice League in the oh, theaters. I know what you're, you're going for, and it's a completely the other way. Yeah, you're not. You're not getting your cut if that movie does not not make money. Like, it's if, like if it, <laughs> you might get a Blade Runner edition twenty five years from now. Yeah, I mean, there's st- they've still there's still VFX and stuff in that cut that's going to have to be fixed. Yeah, there's still score probably to go back on. And that's just based on stuff we've heard. We don't even know, but I mean, not we, fully. We have yeah, but we've seen enough about where it was cut off in the process to know that just a lot of that. Maybe you have principal, but principal yeah. photography in a movie like this doesn't mean crap without post. It mm-hmm. just, you've got to have it. So you're going to need Brinks trucks to get that tra- to get that second take. And if we're, we're going like boycott until we get it, you're just not going to, you're not going to just not get that. You're not going to get any more movies, period. And like we said last week, you know, Snyder didn't even get to shoot his, do his reshoots. That was all Whedon. Yeah. No, he, he got and, pulled after uh, principal. Yeah. So... I, I don't know if you're supposed to, you know, one of our listeners brought up like, yeah, uh, Batman's all, you know, fit and everything. And then when he's hanging out with Diana later, he's fat. That's not good. What, what do you want, man? It's called reshoots. Like sometimes it happens. Like it was going to happen with Snyder. It happened with Whedon. Yeah. It was going to happen. Period. There, there's, there's no version of this where that doesn't happen. No. That's Affleck's fault for not getting back into shape. Yeah. Or not staying in shape until he knew the reshoots were over. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, um but yeah, it's 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 a cluster, man. And but you know, as fans, we need to rally and support each other and understand that you know we shouldn't hate each other or or treat each other like crap. And you know, to we have to support things that we like before we get you know, or we have to support sometimes things that we don't necessarily love, so that we get things that we like. Stop trying. And I'm Which I'm not saying you should just lie. <laughs> I'm not saying you should lie and say, hey, I love this movie, you should go see it. But if you don't like Justice League, I feel like maybe you should tell people, you know, other fans, you should just go look for yourself. Because there is, it is very divisive and a lot of people have a lot of different feelings about it. Um, and that's something that we've been guilty of many times is, man, I would have really liked a version where this happened. Or, man, uh-huh. I, I think the story sure. would have been blah, blah, blah. And that's fine to toy with. But well, to, without that, there's no podcast. No, there's no, you know, I mean, there's yeah, nothing. Like, to, to toy with is fine. But I, I, know, I know I've been guilty of it, especially on some of the TV products, where I've gone into a show thinking, I really, this is what I want to happen. And then when that's not what happened, 
thought, oh, they screwed up. That's not how they should have done it. And been mad at them. Uh-huh. Instead of, like, yeah. watching it with uh, any semblance of fresh eyes. I've walked in and thought, well, that's not the thing I want. I was, like, pre-editing the, sh- the show before I ever saw it. Or, in some of these right. cases, pre-editing the movie. And it's yeah. it's uh, it's just not a sustainable way to go. Like, it's never going to work. The thing is, not one of us, not any single one of us, everyone involved in the production included, will ever be able to watch all these movies and think, I'm 100% satisfied. Never. Right. Never. Like, you're going to have to compromise something. The biggest fanboy in the world right now of the DCU probably is at least willing to agree with us about that mustache. Yeah. Wherever Pollyanna is, even here she knows that mustache was crap. And that Steppenwolf could have looked better too. You know? There, there's... Yeah. Well... Even by his own admission, Scott on the Squadcast is the Pollyanna, and even he was like, that mustache was shit. Mm-hmm. It was awful. <laughs> I just, like, there is no version where you get a perfect world. And <laughs> honestly, 82%, pretty good deal. If I'm being honest, yeah. to try to please this many people, if it's 82% or 81%, if you can get above 80, if I'm 80% happy with these movies at this point, I get a pretty good deal. Yeah. It's not getting much higher. It's just not possible. Yeah. And I'm not saying Steppenwolf wasn't a bad villain, because he was, but... <laughs> he wasn't bad. He was just there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he was bad, but... Um, I think there was more depth to him in a longer cut, and whether that's a Whedon cut pre-two-hour mandate or whatever. Or if Snyder had that planned um, and Whedon had to cut it and didn't want to, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? All right, so, uh, you know, basically my, my point is... You know, most of the Marvel movies are only spending about 150 to 170 million dollars. A few have gotten up around 220, and then like the the second Avengers movie was like 300 million. Um, I'm saying, you know, way too much of the DC stuff has been like 300 plus, and we need to stop spending that much money on the DC films. It's an it's more of a niche audience. Uh, whether you go you know, lighter or darker or what the hell you do or have different tones. It doesn't matter. You need to stop spending so much freaking money. Give the people time to make the things. Well, we're getting into that right now. Uh, the rap, uh, posted an article, Umberto Gonzalez and Tim Malloy wrote this thing. And, um, this is what they had to say about it. They, they spoke to a number of insiders, unnamed insiders, but Umberto is, is well, generally pretty, uh, trustworthy. He says, uh, one insider, this is, these are quotes directly from the article. One, one insider called a Frankenstein, uh, called it a Frankenstein made of the assembled parts favored by rotating executives and directors and which had the worst opening for a DC comics based movie in years. Um, spoke about, uh, Greg Silverman, the president of Warner brothers, uh, during man of steel, uh, Zack Snyder answered to him and Silverman, uh, reported directly to uh, Warner Brothers CEO Kevin Sujihara. And now, Kevin Sujihara is the guy who uh, basically demanded that BVS be cut from the three-hour R-rated length to the uh, PG-13 two-and-a-half-hour length. Uh, So, by the way, I'm pretty sure that would have been PG-13 at three hours if they had cut out some of the blood, and it would have been fine. all you would have had to do. A little bit of blood and a couple less punches. You could have cut out two minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, individual with deep knowledge of the studio says Silverman didn't read notes on Snyder's scripts. That's a flag. Another described Silverman's Silverman's attitude as, uh, (laughs) remarkably laissez-faire. That's, that's bad. Superman's a tentpole. You need to be paying attention. But if you're Silverman, don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. Maybe not. Look, um, you hear every version of this. Some people say, oh my God, he was the best producer I've ever had. He just let me do what I want. 
and uh-huh. it came out great. Or some people are like, oh, he was so involved with every aspect. It was fantastic. You don't, I, I don't know. I right. don't know which management style works for you, but <laughs> how's your fan yeah. base look? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends. Like, like the article points out, you know, Snyder's films were not universally loved. They were, uh, they were divisive, but, um, you know, Christopher Nolan had total freedom on Dark Knight, pretty much, and no one said shit, so no, no one complained. It's, what do you... <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, there was an individual with deep knowledge of Warner Brothers said the studio executives repeatedly went to Silverman to suggest removing Snyder from Justice League after the disappointment of BVS. Uh, the individual said DC President John Berg was sent to the re- to the set for the better part of a year to oversee the production out of budget concerns. Um... By the way, Warner Brothers and Silverman, they've all declined on, to comment for any of the story, mm-hmm. which makes me think it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> this the insider, though, said, mindset will do that, though. Yeah. The, uh, well, I mean, honestly, man, we've, we, we've spent the better part of a year. I, I, I know, I'm just saying. Know, it, talking it, it all up, tracks, being like, it's don't. It's just like that old thing about, like, they won't say anything, it must be true. Yeah, you know, we've been saying like, oh man, don't believe the hype, don't believe the the bad press. You know, this probably didn't happen, and then it all happens. Like we did that for Suicide Squad, or we've done it with Justice League, and and you know, look what was happened. Yeah, um, worse things than we imagined. Really, it's just sad in this day and age when you look at it. And they, you know, as much as people might complain that it is a copy of Marvel, which they already are. Uh, gosh, just kind of take a look and and. Get your heads out of your asses and look at what Marvel is doing. I mean, you don't have to do exactly that in tone or, or anything else, but look at the business model. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so there was an insider said that Silverman was, quote, quite harsh on Zack when BVS underwhelmed, uh, but they didn't fire him, obviously. Um, mainly because, as the article states, removing a director is a major distraction on any film, and it would be a serious uh, a sign of serious trouble on a tentpole designed to support a larger universe. They said um, they were already in deep prep on Justice League, and it would have cost a fortune. There's stickiness to a director because there's so much cost to unstick him, the insider said. Warner's is a studio that almost to a fault always wants to project strength, and that's absolutely true. And, you know, Marvel... When you look at Marvel, and you know, I'm not trying to say Marvel's better or any or anything necessarily, but you know what Marvel did? They said, you know what, we're not working out with Edgar Wright. Bye. Yeah, yeah, they've clearly chosen their format over their directors. I mean, like the director gets a sandbox to play in, but if he tries to get out of it, he, he's he's booted. I mean, Patty Jenkins left Thor: The Dark World. I mean, yeah. If if it's not, and they actually what haven't the studio wants. It's not what the studio wants. Yeah, and the the partings have felt. I mean, not altogether one-sided. It seems like they seem to, at some point, sit down with whomever it is and just kind of go, hey, we don't... Do you kind of agree this isn't working out? Well, yeah, I guess so. It just doesn't seem yeah. that... Uh, I don't know. That angry. Uh, yeah. Don't know, now, know what the difference is there on a imagine, uh, like managerial level, but... Now, see, asked who ultimately decided to keep Snyder on, the insider said it was not Greg's decision. This was all happening on a Sujihara level. Um... Kevin Sujihara, man. Like, now I've, you know, I've spoken to Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote a lot about this, and, you know, uh, Eli's main problem, and I, I, I really feel her, she said, you know, don't preach to us that you are keeping Snyder's vision when you're clearly not. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like, I liked what I saw in Justice League for the most part, but that was not a Zack Snyder movie. No. 
<laughs> it just really wasn't. No, I had, I don't know where um, the line is. And scene for scene, I wouldn't be able to tell you sometimes. But and you know, we've been criticized because I think you said that we saw no evidence in in, in Joss Whedon having taken control of uh, of Justice League. Um, and my retort to that is, you know what? I really don't remember I don't saying see, that. I don't see any, I personally don't see any evidence that Joss Whedon took over because if he had, it would have been a much better movie. <laughs> this looks like studio meddling from top to bottom. No, we, there is definitive proof of which scenes. <laughs> uh, yeah, mostly. No, mostly, every yeah. time you see a mustache, that's a reshoot. Sure. That, I absolutely. mean, that is actual, you rarely have actual proof. That's it. There you, you well, finally have yeah, it. Yeah, but. My point, though, is that Joss Whedon did not take over the movie. He was trying to fix a movie no. and getting more and more d- memos and directives yeah. as he went. Whedon, like this was not a Joss Whedon film. No, Whedon would not would not have been dumb enough. He just he is not that naive to think he could come in and take a three hundred million dollar movie, as you pointed out, and completely redo it in the time it took to do mm-hmm. some reshoots. I, he wouldn't. Yeah. He just wouldn't do it. He would absolutely you know, laugh was, while he exited the room. A few weeks ago, I was wondering, like, why, right before a movie, why would you like tweets, Joss, that says that Steppenwolf is the worst villain? And now I realize, oh, leverage. Yeah. You've got balls. Yeah. Like, they're going to go and like, okay, well, what was your problem with it? Well, this and this and this. Uh, that's what the critics said. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. That's what I told you before. <laughs> Shall I show you where I liked it before you? Before so, I don't I don't know. I'm Joss Whedon. I've got millions of dollars. Uh, I can either do your stupid little you. movies or... Yeah. No, can you still do Batgirl? Sure. Sure, buddy. But stay out of my way. <laughs> right? Anyway. If he tries to make the um, villain an evil piece of granite, they better just stay out and let him do it. Mm-hmm. Now, look. Here, here's the thing. Uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about it on the show, but there's an AT&T and Time Warner merger that's going down. And one executive told the rap that uh, Kevin Sujihara and Roland em- – not Roland Emmerich. I always want to think that. Toby Emmerich. Mm-hmm. Um wanted to preserve their bonuses they would be paid after uh, paid before the merger and were worried that if they push the movie back cuz justice league needed more time if they push the movie back then their bonuses would have been pushed to the following year and they might not still be at the studio because when big mergers like that happen a lot of times the big wigs are reshuffled and 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 fired and they bring in their own people yeah it's so, that's like the only time you can clean slate like that and a lot of people choose to do so. So these two assholes, and it's a business move. I understand. It's a monetary decision. Still going to call them assholes because they cause a lot of problems with Justice League. That mustache, according to um, some of the people involved, or one of the people involved, we just talked about it last week, uh, it would have been seamless. Like the, the mustache stuff would have been seamless. The CGI would have been way better. They did not have time to make this movie. That's they didn't have time for all the edits. They didn't have time for all of this. Yeah, like, that's so far kind of <sighs> what it's frustrating like. beyond belief. Like I keep being amazed as far as the news comes out, I keep being amazed that I did enjoy the movie as much as I did. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I fully believe that if they'd had all the time in the world to do this, we we would have it would have meant the difference on Rotten Tomatoes anyway. It would have been the difference between, you know, 41% and 55, 56%. I was hoping for 60. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was no, like my, my, my dream number was comma. Let it get yeah. to 60. It's got Zack Snyder's name on it. There's no way they're going to. Yeah. And what, what could have made it a lot worse is hey, there is one to me, one legitimate argument for not pushing it back was just, it would, the critics already kind of wanted to step on it. 
They did. And if you had pushed it back, I hate to I hate to side with WB on showing weakness, but it does. So what you have to do is you have to actually uh, do the math. Is it is showing weakness and just keeping your mouth shut, like one of those better to stay silent and be thought a fool kind of things. Just push yeah. it back, keep your mouth shut, put the movie out when you know it's right. Or mm-hmm. take your chances. We think it's good enough. Shove it out there. Oh, shit, that didn't work out. Yeah. But I so, thought we'd learned that lesson. You know, a different insider did say that uh, at the highest levels of Warner Brothers, bonuses are awarded for making good decisions. And if delaying a film is the right decision, an executive could be rewarded for it. Uh, so I have no idea if that's hey, hey, hey. the case or not. I imagine there's a lot more yeah. legalese involved than performance sure. review. But I really, I really do think that um, they should have pushed this film back, and I think that uh, it was a monetary decision on the part. Uh, it was a selfish monetary decision on the part of Sujihara and Emmerich. And I cannot imagine that those cats are going to be around for much longer. Honestly, like kinda, sincerely, yeah. if they are, I cannot. Like I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Like. They're the ones that Suchihara, you know, I've, is I've the heard cat their name that wanted the no man stuff cut out of, huh? Yeah, it's just a name I've heard too many times to get behind anymore. It's it just yeah. it's become a bad word association for me. Like from what I understand, he was the one that wanted the no man's land scene cut out of Wonder Woman. He wanted the trailer park people to come in and and cut um, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. He ordered the the cut of the runtime for BVS. The cut of the runtime for Justice League. This man doesn't understand. Like, I understand the, the business side of this man. I understand that you want to have an extra showing, but that bitch in the ass last time. <laughs> Makes no sense. And the one of the bigger problems is they're uh, so reactionary that it's part of what's contributing to the broken fan base is every time they pivot on a dime, and they have. Like it, these, It's a studio. It's a movie. These, these things are supposed to move a little more glacially than this. It's not. It's... It, it very much feels like someone came into work Friday morning after a great talk Thursday night and said, we're changing everything. I had to, I had to sleep on it. You know, it doesn't feel like this is like a metered decision that a lot of people talked through and really, you know, brought up the pros and cons, came back later. How do you feel about it? Maybe it just doesn't feel like workshop decisions. It just feels like a bunch of people, like, it, uh, well, a few people, unfortunately, they just kind of come in and go, I've been thinking about it. We're going to do this instead. I know it'll cost a few million dollars, but I, I and Part of the problem is that, like, every time that happens, again, that that pillar of faith that you had to have to even start this thing whittled away even further. Yeah. If they had, if they had, <sighs> had all these ideas up front, like, again, the big thing, I don't mind cutting it down from three to two and a half hours or to two and a half to two. None of that's a problem. Yeah. In pre-production. Yeah. I don't know. When you cut off, uh, you just can't cut off 20, 30% of a runtime in some cases and... It may be less, I'm guessing, but you can't cut off a chunk of runtime like that and not expect everyone in the world to go almost in unison. The editing sucked. Well, n- no yeah. kidding. What choice did the poor guy have? I, I mean, here's actually a good guarantee for these movies. Anyone who said the editing sucked, it's probably not the editor's fault. Yeah, that's probably the best he could have done given yeah. the time. And for any, for anyone who's mad at us for enjoying the movie, I mean, it hung together. That was it what we did were hoping hang for. Together. That was the best we were hoping Whedon for. Whedon pulled this one. Out. Whedon is at his best when he has the least resources. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I've heard that, but I'm not sure that's completely true. But. It's like, it's a phrase that comes to mind every time I see something like this, where I'm like, how did you, how did all this, how did you shoulder all that and make a cogent movie? Okay, whatever. Yeah, we have no idea where it was before Whedon came in. We have no idea. No, I, that's the thing. I'm not talking about whether he shouldered Snyder's bad film. 
or a good film. I see. I'm not. I yeah. have no oh, idea yeah. whether this was a great Snyder film that Whedon destroyed or a bad Snyder film that Whedon saved or anything in between. No idea, and we'll never yeah. know. So just give up on it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, we might know. We might. I don't know. think you'll really know. ever know. But just my bet. Well, the, the fact is, wrong. What so I feel much. is. We will never know what Zack Snyder's original vision was because when BBS failed to enthuse people, mm-hmm. th- you know they came in and wanted it to be changed. Yeah, they they that was before he even shot a you know. Oh, that was a in, scene. So. Yeah, that was in the breaking the story. That was in yeah, that was in pre print. So, but uh, point is, like, yeah. I don't know whether it, I don't know what version of this getting handed from Snyder to uh, Whedon is the best descriptor. what I am impressed by was like, no matter what happened, what we do know is that Warner brothers had a lot of just meandering dictates out there. And somehow out of all of it, we managed to scrap together a two hour movie that I actually enjoyed. And as you said, hang us together. Alrighty. So, uh, (laughs) as of box, uh, as of today, box office mojo is reporting that the, uh, that the gross worldwide is 567 million. Um, Domestically, that's a 197, 197 million, and in foreign, 370 million. So uh, it's not doing great. There, was, it did really drop off. Uh, it dropped. It took a 60% drop in the third weekend to 16.6 million. That is the largest decline in top 10 uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I've no it's doubt. 34%. It's 34% behind Batman v Superman at 17 days, and. Uh, Looks like it'll be about 240 million uh, domestically at the end of at the end of the day. It, that's that's less than Man of Steel globally and domestically. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but just anecdotally for me, there are just so many people in my life that every week, uh, every week I see them in some capacity. I'm like, "Do you see it yet?" I'm like, no, oh, man, I just I, I haven't had time. I think yeah, I'm just it's a bad time of I year. I think I'm just gonna have to wait till it comes out. I'm like you, you, it's like, you know, you, you know that's bad, right? Like, I know. I know, but I just, I've really got several people in my life that I can't discuss this film with that may or may not like it. I don't know. They may hate it. We may have a very vitriolic discussion about it. I don't know. But they just haven't managed to find the 20 bucks and the time to go do it right now. And Mm -hmm. every time I ask, I can see it on on their faces. Like, yeah, I want to, man, but it just hadn't happened. Yep. Well, whatever. Wonder's doing pretty well at the box office. You know, Coco's killing everything in its path. Um... I, said this I don't last even resent week, it. We're, I want to see Coco. Looks delightful. We're, we're like, you know, 20 days away from Christmas. We're <laughs> not many days away from Star Wars, which is basically everyone needs to get their <laughs> settle up your bets before Star Wars gets in. Yeah. Because it will take over, probably through the holiday I'm going, season. I am going to see Star Wars. I've, I don't even like Star Wars. I, I have, But Force Awakens was good enough, and I want to see Mark Hamill. All that, yeah. I'm going to go. I'll go that weekend. I've got to go catch Rogue yeah. One first. I never got around to that one. I don't think you have to watch that one first. That you was actually the to. precursor to episode four. I know. I'm aware. You don't okay. have to. I just, I just sure. know that I'm going to because it's already been released and it's you're on Netflix. So I can guy. watch it for free. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. I just know that you're not a Star Wars guy. I just wanted to make sure. I'm not a Star Wars guy, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> you don't know things. I'm I'm in that loop. Okay. Well, cool, cool. Oh. All right, so uh, there's there's a uh, here there's something kind of fun. Uh, Joss Whedon says that he was the one that picked the "Everybody Knows" the Leonard Cohen song at the begin in the beginning sequence, which everyone is attributing to Zack Snyder. Everyone's like, "Oh man, that was that was like his opening sequence and blah blah." No, Joss picked it. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> see again, I would have bet Snyder too. 
same time, um, that's not the first time he's used the Leonard Cohen song. I would have, I would have thought it was Snyder. That's fair. Um, so I forget the song. There was some song in Ant-Man where I, I saw that and went, oh, it's got to be Edgar Wright. And sure enough, same thing later, uh, forget who it was, but later he came out and was like, oh, no, that was totally me. That was that scene was not even on paper when Edgar Wright left. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah, apparently that uh, apparently Peyton Reed uh, uh, is just Edgar Wright without showing his ass. Oh. I think that's probably what happened. No. Like I think Edgar Wright was just like, no, you guys are an evil corporate studio, and I want this for the movie. And they were like, dude, we just want a cut of you saying this in there because it's we just want to have him fight an Avenger for a second. What's so bad about that? No. Okay. Well, we're gonna hire someone else to do it. Right. Fine. I really don't know. I have no idea what it was that that turned Edgar Wright off to doing Ant Man. I have no idea. I I love I'm Edgar Wright. I'm reticent to characterize him as insolent. Well, it it. It feels like him a little bit. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting that from. <laughs> Sorry, I've watched too many very charming uh, behind-the-scenes extras with him. And I've seen too many kind of pissy Twitter posts. That's fair, too. I have no knowledge of the pissy so, Twitter posts. <laughs> um, you know, just like, you know, stuff like, you know, when, uh, when like, a friend of yours gets into a, uh, gets out of a bad relationship or gets dumped or something, and there's just a lot of, like, little, like, pissy, cryptic tweets just or, feel like or you're, Facebook you're updates, you know? a lot of shade. Yeah, it's just like little things like that that I saw yeah. Edgar do, and I don't know. It, it felt like that, and I was just like, eh. It could. It's just you know, not in, I love you, Edgar. It's just not in my but you're personal an, knowledge base. You're, you're an independent guy. You like independent movies. You make fantastic independent movies. This was never going to work out between you and Marvel, was it? Probably not. All right. There you go. Um, <laughs> But, you know, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. Importantly, I do love Edgar Wright. So. Yeah, yeah. I would hug that man right now if I saw him. <laughs> really would. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so uh, David Sandberg, Pony Smasher, over on Instagram released a clip of the animated film Batman Superman or Superman Batman Public Enemies. Uh, in the clip, Batman and Superman are fighting Captain Marvel and Hawkman. The scene where uh, Captain Marvel has been thrown to the ground leaving a massive crater and a seemingly unconscious Billy Batson. Batman runs over to see if he's okay. Batman says, say something. Billy looks up with a smirk and says, Shazam! <laughs> the lightning hits Batman, and and then we cut to Ben Affleck waking up from the nightmare sequence in BVS. <sighs> from your Instagram to God's ears, David. <laughs> Uh, was that you uh, said that was exactly public something enemies? I'd like to I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, public That's enemies. the same one where like when they escape that battle, I think it is, it's like what happened to Magpie? I miss Magpie. It was a good villain. What the hell is a good villain in Clark? Oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that fight. It was uh uh Metallo digging up uh Bruce Wayne's parents, but uh, okay. Yeah, where they both get injured like cuz they get buried and then like Batman gets on top of Superman and puts a bomb underneath Superman and blows a hole through into the sewer. Yeah. And then they're both like carrying each other because they're both injured. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Superman's like, whatever happened to Magpie? Uh, she died. Why can't any of the good villains die? Clark, what the hell's a good villain? Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, that, that, that arc was the Jeff Loeb, uh, the, Jeff Loeb of all people, the guy that's, uh, he, well, he, I mean, he did, uh, this is one of the things I'm saying about the creators are are on both sides of the spectrum here for Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. So stop being assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Loeb, who wrote you know Batman: The Long Halloween and 
and uh, Dark Victory and just oh, such a good that Public Enemies bit was so good. That was Jeff Loeb as well with uh, Ed McGinnis drawing it in the comics. That's anyway, one of those and, moments um, I've never quite forgotten, and I kind of hope I kind of hope we get to see enough of this universe that some version of that can appear. Oh yeah, but if you if you uh, you know pop on over, you can see Jeff Loeb and the producer credits and the writing credits for Smallville. You can pop over and see his name on Marvel's Agents of Shield and several other. Uh, te- he's he's basically in charge of the Marvel Television division division right at this point. So uh, yeah. Anyway, that was a weird diversion. Jeff Loeb is awesome. Um, his son was amazing. God rest his soul. That was painful. Mm. And, um, moving on, I, you know, I really do, I do, I, I don't think that it's anything that, uh, Sandberg is actually teasing, but if Ben Affleck's Batman is still around, which a lot of people are saying Ben Affleck's probably going to be gone, to sleep, but if he's still around, he's in Shazam, I'm going to be happy. Sure. Uh, looks like Margot Robbie is still working on a Harley Quinn spinoff. She was talking to uh, MTV and, um... She says that she'll be doing something totally separate from Suicide Squad 2 and Gotham City Sirens and the Harley Joker spinoff film, which is all in development. Uh, I think Suicide Squad 2 is probably the closest to being greenlit for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but Robbie says, uh, I've been working on it for two years now. I mean, it's hard to kind of talk about it because all the stuff is kind of under lock and key, but it's been working. I've been working on a separate spinoff Harley thing for a while. And um, she says, I want to see her with other women. I kept saying when we were shooting Suicide Squad, I was like, she needs her girlfriends, she needs other girls around her because she loves that. You see that in the comics. She loves meeting people, any people, but she needs a little girl gang, which might actually be the Gotham City Sirens idea. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, also, she's, uh, I mean, she's getting a show. Maybe. They, well, all right, they sorry. They, There's a show yeah, with her, and they've. she's basically got right of first refusal, it appears, on voicing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now over to DC TV real quick. Um, I mean, quick. Yeah. Not a lot going the cr- on. The, talking about fan, uh, just real quick, I'm not even getting into this really, but talking about the fan div- divisiveness, um, and they did this before. The Arrow subreddit has turned over into the uh, Punisher Reddit <laughs> subreddit or whatever, and uh, basically because they're mad that Oliver and Felicity got hitched, they're like, oh, this is a show for shippers. Eh, shut up. Yeah. Uh, Come the, on, yeah. They did this when they got mad that they were together in the first place. They got they they turned it into the daredevil, and and the internet went, oh ha 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 ha! Look at, Air. yeah, you guys are destroying DC. I hope you know that you're you're broadcasting the world that we are a divided fan base, and uh, which I guess we might as well all accept at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a way around it. No one's gonna. I mean, a bunch of people aren't. Maybe somebody will, but a bunch of all these people aren't gonna listen to this show and be like, yeah. Those let's, two guys are right. Let's take a let's take a moment to learn from our criticism of WB as a company and uh-huh. not even try to project strength. <laughs> let's just admit we're this is a broken thing and we hope it comes around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are a shattered people. We are a shattered people. Over to the crossover, Supergirl and Arrow broke the record for most viewers in that time slot on the CDW since 2009, averaging 2.6 million viewers. The Flash got a boost to 2.7 million, and the biggest gain goes to Legends with 2.8 million, which is a 90% jump from the week before. So, huzzah, some good mm-hmm. news. Um, 
Lynn Ween had a pro, uh, there was a posthumous award for him. Uh, he's going to be receiving the posthumous award, the 2017 Animation Writers Caucus Animation Writing Award. Dan DiDio is going to present the award to his widow, Christine Vallada. And there will be tribute videos from Hugh Jackman and Neil Gaiman. That is that is not bad as far as getting in some tribute videos. That's yeah, that's that's a solid representation. Well earned. Yeah. Like when I die, I just I would love it if Neil Gaiman would just pop onto a video and say like, you know, he really wrote some amazing show notes <laughs> for his for DC on screen. That's not true because yeah. I do bullet point, but <laughs> but even along the lines of like he was an okay bloke, you'd feel very justified. All right. All right. Uh, so Andrew Kreisberg's officially fired, according to a uh, statement by WBTV. After a thorough investigation, Warner Brothers Television Group has de- has terminated Andrew Kreisberg's employment effective immediately. Greg Berlanti will assume additional responsibilities on both The Flash, where he will work closely with executive producer co-runner Todd Helbing, and Supergirl, where he will work closely with executive producers co-runner uh, co-showrunners Robert Rovner and Jessica Queller. We remain committed to providing a safe working blah, blah, blah. We know. Yeah. Everything um, about that's predictable, except uh, we just, it's now official. Yeah. yeah. Even, even who's working with who was all kind of like, yeah, 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 we, we figured. Mm-hmm. But I am glad at um, least it's official and we can hopefully good riddance and try to move on. Sure. Over on uh, The Flash, Kendrick Sampson has been cast as Brainstorm on The Flash. He'll have a recurring role this season. Um. You may know him from How to Get Away with Murder, Grace Point, or The Vampire Diaries. I, I, you, as in someone that's not me. I don't know this guy at all. <laughs> he's been assigned on for a. He's, he is signed on for a, a multi-episode arc as Dominic Lance, aka Brainstorm, um, an affable. Deadline is reporting an affable TSA agent who becomes the unwitting recipient of metahuman powers. Now Dominic bears the gift and curse of reading people's thoughts. Whether he wants to or not. In the yeah. comics, he's a uh, a Mr. Terrific villain, though. So that sounds cool. Like, I always like psychic people storylines. Like, <laughs> I just like people who can read minds. I like those storylines. Like, you know, here's a little bit of a secret that's not going to be a secret anymore. Um, I really enjoy the movie What Women Want. I'm sorry. Have you seen What Women Want? Yes. That's a pretty fun movie. It's been too long. It's like... Isn't it Mel Gibson? I don't even remember. But yeah, it's like it's Mel Gibson, Gibson hearing all, hearing a bunch of women. Oh, I remember the premise. I just, what they're thinking. It was, yeah. That, mm, I remember and something about a hairdryer. You, I don't know. As you might as you might recall, or might assume, not recall, because you haven't seen it. As you might assume, Marissa Tomei is delightful in the movie, for what little bit she's in it. Oh, I've seen it. I just don't remember anything about it. Okay. Gotcha. I, like I said, I think I remember a hairdryer. That's it. There was a hairdryer. Yeah. That's all I've got. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, we're moving on <laughs> over to Titans, uh, the DC streaming service Titans, Brendan, uh, sorry, Brandon Thwaites, Dick Grayson. No, you were right. Brendan. Enough... You were right. Brenton. Is it Brendan Thwaites? Brenton okay. Thwaites. Yeah. Brenton Thwaites. Yep. Uh, sorry. He, uh, we got a, a first look at him in a costume and we got a second look. Uh, I think today he put, he posted on, uh, on Instagram, but, um, there's a reason they didn't call him Nightwing in any of any of the uh, in the peripherals, man. He's uh, peripherals. That's not what I meant. The uh, <laughs> what the hell? The I'm press. About? Yeah, in the in the in in the in the press. The there. lead up. Uh, the lead up. Yeah, that's good. That'll work. There you go. I, I'm gonna pretend I had a thought in mind before I said any of that. Um, 
But yeah, I, you know, everyone was like, oh, is he going to be Nightwing yet? Has he not become Nightwing yet? What are they going to do with him? He's Robin. He's Robin. He's still Robin. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it makes sense to assume it's going to be Dick Grayson, and it's not a Batman yeah. thing, so I guess he's moved on. Like, I get, I get how we all got there, but that kid's in a Robin costume. Yeah, and he said in his uh, Instagram post, I guess today or whatever, that he was going to be kicking some ass on the streets of Gotham, and I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. really? <laughs> All right. Um, looks it looks great to me. Uh, you didn't like his hair. I go uh, okay. I went back on that. <laughs> when I first saw it, I saw a tiny picture of it, and then when I blew it up, uh-huh. it had what I was looking for. Like it just looked like a. It looked like Archie from Riverdale's like, uh, oh, like tight swoop. And then when I went back and looked right. at it, he had like the, the, the little bit of kind of straggly bangs that I expect eventually yeah. grows into the Nightwing thing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we did get to have a fun a fun conversation on Messenger though on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> where like you were like, I don't like the swoop, and I was like, Oh, here's the swoop fifty is shots a, of a swoop. I did. I looked up all these different pictures. That's how sick I am. Yeah. I looked up like, <laughs> like eight or nine pictures of Robin with a swoop yeah. hairdo. From like the eighties and 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 seventies, yeah. And then uh, and then you said something about how it wasn't Nightwing, and then I went and found a bunch of pictures of Nightwing with the swoop. Yeah. Well, and I kept trying to text back like double swoop, man, double swoop. It has two swoops. It's a center cut swoop. Yeah, but there were a lot with only the one swoop. There were a but, lot. But uh, I think I don't know. Right. I uh, it was it was just funny because I was aggravating Jason, and yeah. then I felt bad afterward. I felt it was bad. like it was like twenty. Like I could not put my phone in my pocket. Because I just hear, ding, ding, ding. And, J- and Jason goes, I know what his damn head looks like, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Nightwing is no stranger to the swoop. Yeah. <laughs> it is a mighty swoop. And I'm like, I'm a fan of the swoop. It was yeah. it was in my DNA, and I'm sending him pictures of Captain Kirk and Conan O'Brien. Yeah. It's funny. There was a, it was funny. There was a part where I was like, Toying on with turning off my phone until you got this out of your system. <laughs> I didn't have to resort to it apparently. <laughs> at just some point, at all at once, I just went. I've crossed a line here. Well, and the worst part was like, we're I'm walking out of Home Depot with a, a thing of firewood in each arm, and can't quite get to my phone because I've already gone through the first wave. Of pictures, and then you start sending the rest of them, and it's like I'm I'm trying I'm I'm just hauling firewood, and there's just like ding, ding, <laughs> ding, and the whole time I'm sitting there rolling my eyes, like Dave, God damn it, just stop it, let me get to the car. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So. uh they released this thing, this Batman Ninja anime trailer. Mm-hmm. Did you actually go back and look at that trailer? At no, all? no, I really thought I was going right. to try. All right, so if you don't know, uh, Batman Ninja is an upcoming Japanese animated film. And um, it's directed by Junpei Mizuzaki, and it's produced by Warner Brothers. And uh, the, the basic premise is Batman's transported back to feudal Japan, and he's got to fight reimagined anime versions of all of his villains, and he's got his he's got, he's got his peeps with him. He's got Nightwing and Red Robin and and uh, and Robin and Red Hood even and Catwoman and Alfred's there, and they're going to be fighting the Joker and Harley, Poison Ivy, 
And uh, apparently Penguin and Two-Face and Deathstroke and Gorilla Grodd. And the trailer looks really awesome. It looks like it's coming out in 2018. Uh, un, un, you know, undisclosed, uh, actual date here. But, um, sometime in 2018 on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic to me. They've, I have uh, not seen an English trailer. I've only seen a Japanese trailer. But it looks so different and so cool. As I've stated on the show, I love a lot of different versions of Batman. I love a lot of different versions of all of this stuff. And I just like seeing different takes. Um, and this looks, like, like really well produced. This animation is far and away better animation than I've seen come out of the Warner Brothers animated department. Like, is fluid, it looks fantastic in the trailers. Some of the earlier, um, uh, DVD movies did look really solid, but it's, it's not been the same here recently. Yeah. Uh, so well, I'm all aboard this. I say that. Putting aside, like, I, I did think, um, the the newer stuff with uh, with Batman and Damien has looked pretty pretty good actually. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. It looked like um, they upped the quality a little bit. And yeah. I, the thing is, I will probably watch this trailer. I might even watch the movie, but I doubt it. The thing is, like, mm-hmm. I, and it, I just didn't. I kind of forgot before we started. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I have tried so many times and have never liked a single piece of anime. I'm sorry in advance. Yeah, I've just I've tried. Yeah. It's I've tried. Man, none of us are perfect. It's okay. I've tried. Um, this is a character flaw. We'll just we'll just have to accept within you. There oh, are plenty I, of people who don't like anime. I know. There, I know tons of people who don't like anime. I just I've sat I've tried over and over again to sit down with a pair of fresh eyes and just go, okay, show me, show me from the beginning. And then well, like twenty minutes know. in, I'm like, I don't like anything that's happening. I yeah, don't, don't I like understand. This. It's just visually the style is off putting to me. Oh, see, the style is the thing I really love about it. Like. It's That's usually the part like I the don't weird, dig. Yeah, to me, it's like the weird Eastern narrative, and it's like it's weird to me because you know I'm not a part of that culture, so yeah. There's a lot. Uh, there's I don't understand a bunch of stuff. Like there are different touchstones for uh, in some ways that like d- different uh, points of relation that don't translate as well. And I get that. And I've had I've had I've sat down with someone who who's like, no, I can explain this to you. I'm like, well, great, do it. Explain it to me. And they've explained it. I'm like, okay, I understand the story now. I still uh-huh. like staring at the screen during the time it was on. Right. See, I I love the visuals, but I don't understand, like, like I love Princess Mononoke, right? But I don't understand why there are like, you know, wood spirits running around with little rattleheads. Yeah. Like it's just so weird. It's like a portion of of background that you're just like missing (laughs) to be able to watch it fully, right? Yeah, and like you know, uh, like I really like uh, Miyazaki. You know, I'm watching Spirited Away, and I'm like, okay. But why is no one concerned that these weird creatures come out at night and there's like a Spider-Man creature standing or sitting in like a furnace underneath? The, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Like, but parts of that you can have explained to you. You can you can. Uh, it's yeah. essentially a certain amount of ignorance that we have watching where you don't understand what it's what things are happening sure. in relation to. So you just don't get it. And then when someone yeah. explains it to you and go, oh, OK, that makes sense. That's all well and good. Yeah. I just don't like the style. That's not, there's no beating that. I've never seen it. Um, <laughs> I, same same so, thing. I had someone. I've someone's tried to sit there and, and make me appreciate fish more times than I could possibly count, and I just can't do it. Yeah, I can feel you on that. The band, not the food. The food's fantastic. Oh no, I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever actually really listened to the band. I've tried. Same thing. You know, like I've had Some people like you. I've heard. I've, I've had people like you describe <laughs> the band fish to me, and I went. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound like something I'd want to listen to. And then I moved on with my day. <laughs> Do I want to ask what like me means in this scenario? <laughs> um, it means um music elitists yeah, who kind of shit on who kind of shit on things like the Grateful Dead and Dave Matthews Band. That is not true. <laughs> Which part? Both. They have their merits. I could go play you five or six Dave Matthews songs right now. Okay. Well, like you know, the people that I consider like you are the people who. There are were like, some examples yeah. you could have used that would have proven your point, and you 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 happened to pick two that didn't. Well, those are the two that I always hear, like stupid bullshit jam band crap. You know, I don't want to hear that. You know, now nah, there's, like, there's you know yeah. bunch of stoner music, Fish and Grateful Dead and Dave Matthews. Those are the three I always hear personally. That's those are the three. I, I, me personally, I like Dave Matthews Band uh, to some degree. Not a huge fan, but I kind of like them. And uh, Grateful Dead, there are plenty of things I like, but I can't listen to them often, so because they annoy me after a while. And I just fished. I figured fi- I fished. I figured fish was like the like the utmost, like the axiom, not the axiom, the apex. I'm stupid. The apex <laughs> of of those of those two, like all of the worst things from those two, I consider probably about fish. And like you know, you watch TV. There's always so so many jokes about people who go to fish concerts. It just seemed like it probably wasn't for me. I I <laughs> I don't feel like you're at all wrong about my uh, jackass elitism. And the proof is that I feel like you just set me up for about a forty-minute discussion that is just me talking. The, anything I say could do that. I, I know, but it varies in length, and I'm guessing <laughs> forty, which means it's probably more like two and a half hours. Uh huh. Which means that a, you're right, I'm an elitist jackass, and b, we'll have to stick with my example that for some reason I can't get behind fish and leave it at that. All right. All right. Because apparently everything okay, else you just no, described sorry. was too much of a fine point where I'm like, no, 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 there are fine points here. Let's go into it. I don't want to go into it. I, I'm going to give you three words. Uh-huh. Three word reason why you don't like fish. Not high enough? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of DC On Screen. Um, we will be coming and doing, if you stay by be, past the credits here, the first little credit sequence. Um it's not even a credit sequence, you know. It's like it's just the music and goes boom. We're gonna come and we're gonna actually. You know what? I think I'll put it behind the actual credits. Wait until after the credits. We're gonna come back with a Thor Ragnarok review that we've been promising forever. Mm-hmm. And um, can can we make a promise to ourselves? What's the promise to ourselves? Let's let's no WB comparisons whatsoever while we do this. Let's review this movie for its by itself. That's absolutely okay with me, man. All right. All right. So, guys, if you're not going in for the spoiler, spoilery Ragnarok review that we're going to throw in at the end of this episode, just we'll see you next week. We'll be doing some some uh, mid-season recaps and reviews for the shows, and uh, then we'll come back for some news if there's any damn news to talk about. It's really slow until going then, into this season. Until then, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David Z. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band Future Elevators can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Eli Ophelders of Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud and can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com DC On Screen is a Maladjusted production. Visit Maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.
Oh boy. All right. So we're going to, um, we're done with the show. Now it's time to relax because we're talking about Marvel stuff now. We don't have to. We're not be beholden so to up. any of this. Yeah. Yeah. This is just two dudes talking yeah. for realsy this we're just time. Playing around now. <laughs> and of course, that, that's, that's what we'll eventually get to with the actual show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok. What'd you think, man? Solid. I thought it was good. Solid. And uh, one thing cracked me up, too. <laughs> if you were just listening to us, um, it'll be relevant. Because you, one thing you thought I would hate about the movie was the soundtrack. I did think you would hate that, yeah. And I really liked it. I did, too. It was so wonderfully 80s. It, it was just... Oh. It, was the, um, it was the kind of 80s that I, I like, which is a small amount of when I'm... Uh, not generously referring to as the 80s. Again, I will get into <laughs> the fine points with anyone who wants to, but I feel like this was too much time. So mm-hmm. it, it it generally like, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know what it was about that that fit, but it did. And it could just be that we live in what I call a post-Stranger Things world. Mm. I honest, Stranger Things did a lot of things, uh, did a lot for the 80s. It gave a lot of credibility back to the 80s. They I really think. did. I, I, something about it, like now when I hear those sounds and they're they're being done a little bit better than I think was once the case, um, it it did. It was charming in a way. I feel like Stranger Things kind of looked, and Thor Ragnarok, honestly, looked at the 80s and went, you know what, we're going to do this, but here's what they were trying to do. Yes, absolutely. Here's what they were going for. And then you look at that and be like, oh shit, that is what I saw when I was a kid watching this stuff in the 80s and it doesn't hold up now. Yeah. Because a lot of it doesn't. Like, I love a lot of stuff from the 80s, but a lot of it doesn't hold up. Right. Well, and I mean, that's going to be true for people anywhere. who are angry about that. It's just like, it, there's a lot of the actual sounds used back then, back in the day where I, I just don't think the technology was there to, to yeah. it, like, it sounded neat at the time, but it wasn't going to be, you know, that wasn't like an evergreen. It, it was, it, it was going to be a timely thing. Now uh, we're way past that. Like, <laughs> it's hard to invent new sounds at this point. The um, thing is, is I feel like if they ever actually made a Flash Gordon series, they should look at Thor Ragnarok very carefully. <laughs> it's not bad. In fact, if Disney wants to try to make another John Carter of Mars, they need to look at Thor Ragnarok very carefully. <laughs> yeah. I could see um, it. So, uh, yeah. You dug it? What'd you dig? Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so the CGI was dodgy as hell, though. I will say that, like the the rock man that the director played, uh, I, I'm Waka Titty. I don't know his name. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Waka Titty played that guy, Big. that rock guy, and he looked real bad through the entire movie. Thor looked kind of bad through large swaths of the movie. I didn't really care though, because yeah. it was really Didn't funny, bother. and it was. I will say this: I felt like. Um, you know, I, I dug most of it. I, you know, initially, you know, I, I got on Facebook and Twitter and I was like, nine out of 10. And now I'm going to probably go more like, you know, 7.5 or 8 out of 10. Yeah, you always pull it back at least a point. I always pull it back a little bit after at, I get out. At and least the, a point. You know. I've seen it get pulled back up to three or four points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said. Mainly because, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people complained that we didn't get to really see what Loki was would do as king. I thought we did. Like, Screw he kind of put the entire kingdom in disarray. And you know what? One of the things I was really not looking forward to after the Dark World was 
a movie where like Thor had to figure out that Loki was was Odin and we were going to get that, you know. I was so glad they dispatched with that so quickly. I didn't want to see that storyline. I didn't give a shit about that storyline. Yeah. We got the the broad points, you know, the well, kingdoms in disarray and he's just laying around watching watching plays and acting like a dick. Watching yeah, very derisive plays. Yeah. Now, and yeah. this is just something that uh, I mean the Avengers did it twice. Like we we've done the it's not him and his own body thing. Marvel has covered that ground. Mhm. No and, no doubling uh, back. I, I love that we got uh, we got uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother playing Thor in that play. I love that Matt Damon was there playing Loki. <laughs> yeah, that was that shit was cracked me those up. Those are both fantastic. Um, and uh, you know, still not my favorite Ben. Uh, sorry, not Ben Affleck. Matt Damon cameo. By the way, I'm I much prefer the uh, the uh, the the bit that he did in um, what was that movie called? Eurotrip. Um, Lost on me. I don't. I never got to that one. Yeah, man. That was an that was an, that's an older movie. Though. I remember uh, the time frame. I never got around to Michelle it. Michelle Trachtenberg and uh, I want to say Tom Hanks' boy, uh, Colin, Colin Hanks. Colin, maybe? yeah. Um, where like the I want to say it was Kristen Kruick from Smallville. You know, she was uh, his his girlfriend Fiona, mm-hmm. and then um, they're at this big party for for the character Scotty, and um, <laughs> it's his birthday, and like his girlfriend's up on stage like dancing with. Matt Damon and he's he's singing this song about Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do uh, do it in my van every Sunday, um, and it's just the whole song is about how she's cheating on this poor kid, <laughs> and Matt Damon's the guy he's got all these piercings and stuff it's hilarious because yeah. uh, he was already a big star at the time but, yeah he took off pretty quick yeah so uh, anyway. I kind of loved pretty much the entire thing. I like Jeff Goldblum. I've heard a lot of complaints that Jeff Goldblum is just always Jeff Goldblum. I disagree. There are. I mean, I do disagree, but you do hire him for a certain amount of Jeff Goldbluminess. Yeah, you do. Like, there's always a certain amount of Jeff Goldbluminess. Yeah, but like the um, guy who at he, the he end does of have that storyline could could come back and 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 be like, "Well, guys, it's uh, it's great. We'll call it a tie." Like, that's that's the kind of thing you hire him for, and he does it. Uh, yeah, he does it better than anyone else can. Yeah, I was fine with what he did. I was really happy with it. It made me laugh. If anything, I didn't like the little thing on his chin. Well, that that's because he's uh, the collector's brother. I'm. I know there's a reason it's there. I'm just saying it yeah. wasn't my favorite thing. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the girl and the and the Valkyrie girl. Oh yeah, she I was liked great. It. I liked that there was no romantic thing between her and Thor. Um. I like that there was not a backstory of hers, aside from just that one quick glimpse. You know, the parts of the movie, the flashbacks where she was a Valkyrie, the parts that looked like they were all from Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> where, like, we see that, like, uh, Hela killed her wife, girlfriend, whatever. I don't know. I, um, I Actually, I didn't know if there was any of that. Oh, oh yeah, there's like one. It's like one shot, one shot of her as a Valkyrie and like her fellow Valkyrie getting killed by Hela. And I did was it romantic. I, I just thought it was like you know whoever was fighting reason by her side I at the time. N- they never said. The only reason I know is because the actress came out and said that she was uh, a lesbian. Wow. In the movie. Wow. Oh. That's the only reason I know. Okay. Well, but that, it was yeah. just enough motivation to be like. E- either way, whether it was a friend or I mean, whatever, all I really cared it was just about enough was motivation. She was a badass and a really fun drunk. Absolutely, she absolutely was. Um, gosh, man. Um, <laughs> like you have the time it takes me to drink this to uh, to finish your point. Glug 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 glug. <laughs> 
I um I was a little weird about the fact that Loki did not realize that Hulk was the champion that the dude like, how long has Loki been there? Like he's been there for a while, right? How has he not watched a match yet? How is he, how does he not know that Hulk is the champ? That was confusing. Um I I don't know. It didn't seem like he'd been there that long. Like in his with his manipulative skills, he could have been there for like 2 weeks and this was the first time he worked himself into the box office. Other than that, yeah, he's maybe. just heard heard rumor. I honestly just assumed he had gotten there like yesterday and already talked himself into a top position. Maybe. It's Loki. It's Who Loki. That's uh, so why I'm headcanoning that away and just enjoying the movie. Yeah. Um, I loved all the banter. I loved I loved everything. I loved all the banner. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I loved Mark Ruffalo in this thing. Actually, was, all the banner does point out. You know what? That is just going to have to be a thing we're going to have to ignore. Because even if, even if all Loki did was walk through the streets, there's so many like... Hulk faces. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just gonna be a that's thing. That's what I'm thinking. Thing we just can't it's weird. Yeah. Let um, us know if there's an explanation for that we don't know about. Um, I loved most of the humor, but when Asgard blows, I totally kinda went, you know, please don't make a joke out of that, you know, because and I knew they were going to because he was like He set up the punchline. Asgard line, is yeah. Asgard is blah blah blah, but it's not gone. The foundations are still strong. We can build again and then it's like boom 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 boom. He's like, Oh nope, those foundations are gone. Never mind. Yeah. It was funny, but I wanted a little more weight to that. I really did feel like it undercut the dramatic moment there. Um, I, I liked how in the trailers they didn't give like away it. that Thor loses an eye. I, they didn't. I liked that. That was wonderful. Because I, I, um, that was a wonderful moment where I, you got to see it and go, oh, oh, that really happened. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Like, ooh, stakes. Yeah. Um, I loved that uh, Mjolnir was not the source of Thor's power, that it was... Through him all along. One of the things I was going to say before, but I got sidetracked in my own mind. Mm-hmm. One of my big problems with the movie, though, was that I feel like I, I really wanted Anthony Hopkins, his uh, his death to mean more. I really did. Like, I, not really necessarily mean more. I just I felt like it was weird and not quite what I wanted. Like, it wasn't emotional enough somehow. Well, it, that um, was my only real critique of the movie was... It, like Galaxy Two is still going to be a better movie because I cried during that one and I laughed. Uh-huh. And for me, if you mm. make me do both, you automatically get a couple of bonus points. But right. this one, and you know, it, I don't think it necessarily. It's it's fine. Like you're you're a generations and generations and generations old character. I, I mean, uh-huh. and you you die on some forgotten fjord in in a lost land, and with with just your two sons at your side, like that. You can only do so much with that. And the fact that yeah. it's just kind of a, he's here and he's not, it was, it was nice in a way. It yeah. Kind of, not, not, not all subtle, but uh, I guess more truthful in certain ways. Like you don't get, you don't get scenes. You just, people are just gone. Yeah. I can see it that way. You know, I, and I'll tell you this though. I feel like, like there, a lot of people complained that it felt like it was two different movies. Um, I kind of understand that, but my primary problem with the with Hella was that I felt like, um, well, a couple of things. One, I don't know like how I know Asgardians live a pretty long time, but it felt like, especially with like the flashbacks to the Valkyries, that I wasn't sure why more people like didn't know about Hella because it seemed like all of like the armies and stuff remembered her, but like the actual people in Asgard didn't. Well, the, the and people there was even, like, absolutely wouldn't have. Like, they mentioned over and over that history was rewritten, and they have the you know the wonderful scene where he literally yeah, paved over absolutely. the history. And just but all these, over generations. But all these people are so old. Yeah, but 
<laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, like, I agree. Happened? It's just, I assume there's a difference between like, this may not be true at all, but I just kind of like assumed there's a difference between like royal blood, which, you know, is really long lasting. And then your average yeah, as maybe, maybe. Um, and I would have liked to have seen more emotion from Hela. I wanted to see more, uh, mourning from her over the loss of Odin. I wanted to see more, uh, interaction between those two, more of a, uh, you know, why did you turn against me type of situation? Like, I wanted to see more of that relationship. There could have been a, there could have been a nice flashback or, or something where you at least got to see, you know, what was the inciting incident where, you know, he decided she's got to go or whatever. Yeah. And, and, but they did just explain that at some point her power got to the point where he realized she's more dangerous than useful and, you know, puts her down. But mm-hmm. like, you get all that story. You just didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a little bit of a, I, I wish they had shown, not told, but ultimately I was fine. You know, I, it was one of those things where I kind of would have like, oh, this would have been this would have been an interesting place to go with this. It could have, but Marvel movies typically will take at least some major character's story and then take about three minutes in the middle of what they're doing and then just do like a background check on it. I know. And and go. And, and But I mean. This was the character this time. And I don't mind the, the format of, at all, know, really. It's, it's exposition. We all know it's going to be there. I don't necessarily want to just, like, temper my expectations to what is or isn't a Marvel movie, but, you know, I don't want to... I, I, I'm just talking from a perspective of what I would have liked to have seen in the movie versus what we got. Um, and I, I could have used a little more from that. That said, mm-hmm. uh, she was ridiculously awesome and... She was scary. ...terrifying and sexy and weird I was just all about that character. She was a really cool character yeah, to me. She, she popped um, a little bit. She actually popped. Yeah. She was like, uh, you know, one of the ones that I liked. One of the Marvel characters, bad guys that I liked the most out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, she was brutal. Oh, my gosh. She, she killed the Warriors 3 so quickly. <laughs> and um, that was hilarious. Like, I kind of loved how quickly they killed them off. Like, I don't know why that was so fun to me. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, well. Well, it was... There we are. Uh, part of it for me was because I kind of... Like, when I saw those three, I was like, oh, yeah, Chuck's in it. He's got to go... Oh, there he goes. Because, <laughs> like... Well, I mean, I think it was a little bit like, oh, shit, the Warriors 3, there's going to be a battle. Oh, well, never mind. No, it wasn't even like that for me. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't get to do that part. I was just... It immediately thought, like, well... Uh, Zachary's got other places to be. They won't leave him in this franchise. And I barely finished the thought before an arrow was through his heart or whatever she slung at him. It was, it was a blade or blade some sort. Blade or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He um, got shivved. <laughs> yeah, Quick they all light. did. Um, I loved Carl Urban's character. He was fun. He was. Um, and I, it's, I he had a nice... liked his character arc. Yeah, he had a nice arc. He, you know, he died good, as they say. Yeah. Um, I and like she even what we looks wind at him, up with like, There's a nice moment where she looks at him like... Oh, just it, with this this bitter disappointment, like oh, I thought I had one friend. Oh well. Yeah, dude, Doctor Strange was the shit in this thing, right? He was great. Oh man, I want more of him. Mm-hmm. Like he's the Sorcerer Supreme now, and like every time he jumps to a new point point in the house, and Thor's like, "Please stop doing yeah, that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just his ales just flopping everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, but yeah, I oh, love how fantastic. confident Strange looks now. He is not like the the rookie season is definitely over. Yeah, and it's nice. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, Banner and Thor and or Hulk and Thor both great. 
they were hilarious. I loved their banter. Mm-hmm. I loved the jokes. I loved uh I loved that Hulk gets smarter the longer he's Hulk. Yeah, that was nice. It's like he's developing as a child. Right. It was that was a really cool take. Yeah. I, you kind of wonder like Hulk's probably got a maximum level, but you wonder how close he could get to a normal rational human being. Cuz right here he, he's not that far from it. Yeah. He's impulsive. Kind of acts like, I don't know, four or five year old, maybe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I really laughed when, you know, we have Banner and he says, you know, if I turn back, I might not turn back again. Uh, I might not come back because I was gone for two years. Mm-hmm. And he jumps out and he just splats. Like, he doesn't become the Hulk and land. He just splats <laughs> on the pavement and then becomes Hulk. Um, that was funny as hell to me. He <laughs> just flop. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that bothered me though. Is like it, it was like the sound of not... I think they took maybe a sack of potatoes and just dropped it from about twenty feet. Right. I was a little confused as to why Heimdall didn't know that that big ass wolf thing was gonna be on the Rainbow Bridge, but you know, whatever. Um, I don't know either, but you had to leave something. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you had to have one more big like, uh oh, mm-hmm. but. I feel like Heimdall should have known that that was that that wolf was there. I agree. And um, overall, I'm, I was really happy with the movie. Like I just loved it. See, a lot of the stuff you mentioned as like I could have had more, I could have had more. I, I could go with you mm-hmm. on it, but it didn't occur to me. Um, right. One that did though was like, uh, in in one of his you know final moments, he kind of says he says to Thor and Loki, like you both have way more power than than you let on. Uh huh. I want to see what Loki can really get away with. Yeah, me too. And maybe we'll, I think we will in, in Infinity War. I think so. Like it's we're, I mean, based on that trailer, he's got some stuff coming. But it, it was it was one of the more touching moments in the film, though. It was like he throws the ball at him this or whatever he threw at him, and um, it's like I wish you were here though, and you know, throws it, and he actually catches it this time. He's not an illusion. Like yeah, they they set that up to have a sweet moment later. I'm glad it paid off. Yeah, but especially like. I mean, apparently Loki as a hand-to-hand combatant is really pretty formidable, and that's nice and all, yeah. but I want to see what he can do when he gets to unleash all of his illusion of powers, and I don't even know what that would be, but I'd like to see him in, in, in hand-to-hand where you don't even know who you're fighting. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be great. That'd I mean, be it'd really be cool, like man. multiple man, but on a whole different level. Have you heard about that multiple man? Like, apparently James Franco is in talks to do multiple man with Fox? I have heard that. I'll, I'll go see that. Uh, the first joke I heard was, uh, and James Franco, obviously on board with any version of himself where there's more. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, when I heard that. I was like, of course, he loves himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those people, I don't, know if, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know what the level of conceit that Franco really has. But even if he is, I still find him so charming. I don't care. Like, you know what? I love you, too, buddy. It's okay that you love yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've heard that before. It's like people are like, oh, man, he's such a, an egotistical he just thinks so bastard. Highly of himself. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, but he's not wrong. <laughs> but he's a very talented <laughs> individual. What's your problem? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let me know and we'll continue like that the... conversation when he finally falls on his face. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Franco is like the Bono of acting. But... <laughs> Mate, um, it's not let's a see. bad guess. No. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, I don't either. I, I really liked time. it. I really thought it was fantastic. I want to go back and see it again. Um, it made nine million dollars this week, so apparently a lot of people have gone back to see it again. You know, we made a we made a pact that we wouldn't bring up anything other than this Marvel movie here 
All I'm saying is if anyone decided to uh, put out another superhero movie around the same time that this was going to be out, that was really a bad choice, because this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just hypothetically speaking. Just hypothetically, this this wouldn't have been the best time. A really good movie. To put out a really good movie between... (laughs) That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Right before, hypothetically, maybe an animated Pixar film... I think Pixar, Dream, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that was Pixar. Coco was Pixar. Wait, we're not naming names. So, hypothetically, before a family-friendly movie that has apparently (laughs) blown everything out of the water. Right. It is possibly not the best time to do that. To release something else. Yes. Where super-powered people save planets and things. On that sad note, that's purely hypothetical. I don't know what else I have on it. Really enjoyed this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um yeah it was super good oh super well, good okay sorry my favorite running bit in the film uh-huh is it thor that keeps trying to to use the like looks like the sun's getting real low or whatever and just keeps <laughs> yeah my memory's a little shaky on people because it's been weeks but yeah I, I laughed every time i heard that <laughs> yeah i think my hardest laugh of the whole film no it wasn't my hardest laugh of the whole film but one of my hardest laughs of the whole film was when, uh, what's her face, the Valkyrie chick, like, lands and goes to, like, walk off of that that thing and just, like, falls over into the garbage, you Oh, know? yeah. Because like, she's, she's drunk. Stand back, he's like, mine. And starts to do the power walk and just, like, <laughs> just like veers. <laughs> it veers in a, a really realistic <laughs> drunk walk. Like, yeah. I have watched people do that. Yeah. Uh, so, that's fantastic. Also, I don't Man. even, it's, it's been too, I can't remember a single thing that guy said, but that, that one guy, the giant guy with the tiny British voice, um, mm-hmm. he, he made me laugh the whole time. I wish I could remember one example. This is going to be one of those where I have yeah. to go back and find it upon its release, I guess, to Disney streaming these days. That's a whole different problem. I know they, I know they did a thing where it was like, where he was like, uh, I don't know, Thor's like, well, I'll do this and this. He's like, yep, that's what Doug said. Oh, yeah, that was a great like, bit. He called him Doug 2.0 or something like that. I don't remember. Well, I just like, I, part of the joke was like, it's it's not, it, what, it's a couple of the contenders, like the big contender before wasn't, you know, roll on the unstoppable or something. Oh, it was Doug. He was our big hope before. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he's like, what happened to him? Doug's dead. <laughs> yeah. He was fun. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I uh, quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess that's it. I guess that's our. I've only seen the thing one time. You've seen it one time. We weeks saw it about ago, three weeks and apart. There's obviously been a lot of stuff that uh, hypothetically happened since then. Yeah, there there may have been like a thing that people may have been waiting for for seventy five years that happened. That possibly took over our lives for a period of time. Yeah, and I got engaged, so awesome. I'm I'm busy planning Woo! things, so I can't remember everything. Yeah, but anyway, we're gonna call it, and uh, hope you guys had a. Uh, had a good time listening to us talk about it. Until next time, guys, make mine Marvel. I mean, uh, bye. Try again? Keep some DC on your screen. There you go. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm <laughs> holding a sharp object near you. <laughs> oh, man. See you guys next week. Uh- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.